Time is money, especially on your job site. Don't waste another penny on labor-intense flooring installations. Diamond Lock Polyurethane Flooring Adhesive is easy to spread, covers more area, and can improve your overall installation time. Delight your wallet and your customer with an efficient installation using Dow's award-winning adhesive. Diamond Lock is not only easy to use, but is odorless with non-detectable VOCs and contributes towards lead credits. Find out more at dow.com forward slash diamond lock to save you time and money. Hey, this is Brett Miller with the National Wood Flooring Association, the NWFA, here for another episode with our Wood Talk podcast. Today I've got a very special guest, contractor out of Kansas City, one of our regional instructors, and a good friend, Ben Tata with Tata Hardwoods. Ben, welcome. If you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are. Thanks, Brett. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm a um, wood flooring contractor out of Kansas City, Missouri and regional instructor here with the NWFA. Been in business since 2006 there in Kansas City. I am partnered with my brother, Mike. We own and run a hardwood flooring company there in Kansas City and have been involved with the National Wood Flooring Association from very early on in our (laughs) company's history. How did you and your brother get into this industry? How How did you guys find yourself in the wood floor trade? That's uh, an interesting story and interesting to hear from everybody who we see come to our classes and attend our classes uh, to hear guys' stories of how they got into the industry because, like so many others, it wasn't something we had grown up in or set out to do, but we uh, fell into the industry, didn't really plan on making a career out of it, but then once we got into it, really grew to love it and grow passionate about it. My brother, Mike got into it first. He worked for a guy during the summers going through college who installed pre-finished floors up in the Milwaukee area. And when he moved back home after college, didn't have a job lined up and started doing wood floors or started trying to find wood flooring installation work to get by. I was still going to school at the time. I was actually attending university there in Kansas City pursuing a medical degree is what I was working toward. So he began doing it. I occasionally would help him when I had had breaks and chances to. And starting out, he knew how to install pre-finished floor. That was really all he was trained in and all he knew how to do. But had people ask him about sanding and finishing and thought, sure, I could figure out how to do that. So <laughs> right. <Isn't> that easy. <laughs> Bought a book at Home Depot, rented tools at Home Depot, and and went out and gave it a go. We laugh, we laugh about it now, but because we both have a distinct memory of, I was on break, went out to help him do a sand and finish job. Real soon after he had bought a bunch of equipment, professional sanding equipment, but he had no idea how to use it. <laughs> And he was there trying to train me on how to run an edger. And it was the blind leading the blind. (laughs) (laughs) We dusted up this house. We, you know, I I had gouges all over the floor in my edging. And, you know, we worked hard and thought we did an okay job, but it was terrible. So not too long after that, uh, he realized he didn't know how to do that part and needed some training. And I, I often tell people, I think that's one of the, reasons why we have 
achieved maybe some measure of success in our business is uh, we didn't grow up in it. We didn't know it. Uh, we were taught well by our parents how to work hard and how to treat people right and be honest with people. But we knew we didn't know the craft. We, we knew our limitations and we, because of that, uh, had a hunger to continue to learn um, that has benefited us all along the way. So often I think that's a limitation to guys who have been in a any real really any career for a long time is they reach a point where uh, they don't want to continue learning. They think they know it all and often they're, they're just limiting their own progress and success. So anyway, but he found he found the NWFA attended a Intermediate sand and finish was the first course he went to and uh, really learned how, how to do that craft, started learning how to do that craft correctly. Uh, right around that time is when I started working with him full time. I decided school wasn't for me um, and started working with Mike full time. A couple years later, became his partner and we started trying to grow a business. You said a couple things in there that are, are just instrumental in defining your personality and your brother Mike's personality, both of who, which I both respect very, very much. Um, and that is when, when you said your parents raised you guys right to know how to treat people, that's something that is um, overlooked and often over overseen just by uh, so many people, not just in our industry, but across social media, across just every interaction that we come across and to build a business and to have relationships based on how you treat other people is key. It's one of the reasons I love having you as a regional instructor. And it, it's obvious when you teach, you gain that automatic respect, not because you demand it, but because you respect everybody that's in that class as an equal. It's not talking down to, it's not looking at somebody as if I'm about to teach you a lesson, which is probably one of the worst things that a teacher can have. It's let's learn, let's figure out what it is. Let me share with you what helped me grow my business and helped me get into this industry. And I've seen you teach people with more experience than you. And those people have respect for you. And I think that really is the, uh, the true meaning behind a good teacher. And, and even in talking with Mike, he said, you know what, we're both business partners, but if you want a good teacher, Ben's the teacher. Uh, between the two of us. And, I, and I've seen that. I've, I've worked with your crews. I've done training with your crews. I've done certification testing with your crews. And they hold both of you in high respect. And it, it's fun to see. And it, it is um, something that is shared amongst peers to be able to, to appreciate um, that respect that you give people that you guys just interact with. So I appreciate that. It's such a simple thing, I guess, the the golden rule. <laughs> we all know that and grow up learning about it. But um, but yeah, really kind of in deficit in our culture <laughs> and the world around us. So many people don't interact that way with other people. And it's, it's hard to do sometimes in business. You're faced with a choice to be honest and open with a customer or maybe try to be dishonest and skate by with something. And we all we all face that challenge. But at the end of the day, we firmly believe even the tough choices are always going to turn out better if we stay true to those principles of what are right and wrong and, and how do we treat people the way we'd like to be treated. What was it that made you realize that college, I guess, what was the, when did the light turn on for you that college wasn't 
or the medical career wasn't for you? Growing up, I did well in school. Learning in school came pretty easily for me. Right or wrong, it just seemed like a natural fit to try to go into a field like that. I always liked analyzing and taking things apart and being really mechanical. So could picture myself doing something like that as a surgeon or something like that. You know, that was something that was always positively affirmed when every, anybody heard that, like, oh, that's, that's a great thing you're doing. You don't often hear that if you, if you say you want to go into a trade. Unfortunately, that's pretty sad um, right. indictment on our society right now. But um, those, those uh, degree careers often get, get a little bit glorified or over-exaggerated. So um, it seemed like a good fit. I did well in school. I was able to get into this program, but as I, as I got into it, what it didn't, I had a hard time. I couldn't see myself being in a hospital or an office all day long. And yeah, it didn't really, I loved, I did love working with my hands and I loved hard physical work. Um, so it just, I couldn't see myself doing it after, after a couple of years of being around it and into it. It makes sense. I think that's uh, that you would have to be a special person to be able to do that, and it obviously does take special people that are in the medical field um, to be able to to do what they do as as well as they do. And it was a hard. I mean, it wasn't an easy decision. Um, like I said, you get you get praised when you decide you want to go that route. <laughs> There's nobody who tries to discourage anybody from that or says, "Oh, that's not a good decision," or <laughs> uh, right. you know, "You're making a poor choice." Um, yeah. So it was a little bit hard deciding to step away from that, feeling like I was letting myself down or letting other people down uh, by not going that route. Just we all face it when we make big decisions of life like that. Like, am I making a big mistake here? Um, so that was a tough choice, and but was raised to be <laughs> responsible and keep working. So that's what, that's what I did. I started working with Mike. Neither one of us, I'll say at the time, probably imagined we would make a career in this industry. Um, we were just, uh, knew we needed to work. So we were doing the work that was available for us as we invested ourselves in it, as we learned more, as we, uh, were involved with other people in the industry, we really, grew and developed that passion for it and that love for it. One of the things that we ran across, one of the concerns, one of the issues that we had was finding the right people, trying to get the right people to work for us and trying to get, you know, we had some good friends that we brought in and, you know, they're probably cursing our name today because we hooked them. You know, they got that hardwood hook where they came in and they couldn't get out. And that's, you know, that's the, the, the nature of our industry. Once you're in, it's hard to get out. Um, and it's a good thing, but I think the challenge we had was really getting guys interested in coming to work doing wood floors. I mean, not everybody wants to go do a hard labor job. And I think even though it's physically hard, it's one of those jobs that keeps you in shape. It's one of those jobs that most guys that are in the trades are some of the most tip-top shape, in-shape guys and healthy guys, hopefully. So when we found somebody, we did everything we could to try to, to get them to keep them. What is, what are you guys doing? I'm aware of some of the stuff you guys are doing because you're working with us uh, through our apprenticeship program, the Department of Labor Federally Registered Apprenticeship Program um, that we launched last year. 
Um, but beyond that, and I think I, I would love it if you could expand on what you guys are doing from a to implement that program. But what do you also do just to start off? How do you get guys to come in following what you and your brother have done to have passion for this industry? What are you guys doing to get guys in? And you shared a story with me earlier today about uh, one of your employees that left to go, you know, the grass was greener on the other side of the fence and then came back just a couple months later because he told you he missed the culture. And that is like, that, that was great bring, to hear. <laughs> that bring tear to your eyes, I, I think. Um, so what are you guys doing? Yeah, um, that is, I, that's a challenge that everybody out there faces and can relate to and uh, has been a journey for us. And we still have a lot of growth and improvement to make, uh, but we've come a long ways. Um, we started out just us working hard, slowly added a guy and then slowly added more guys and made a lot of mistakes and learned things the hard way along the way. Starting out, the guys that seemed to work well and stick for us were generally people we had some sort of connection with in the past or knew from something or went to church with or was a friend of somebody else that we knew. Um, those were the only guys who usually would work out and stick and last long. Probably about five or six years in, is when we really started to grow fast. I guess around, that would have been around 2011, 2012. We started hiring guys at a pretty rapid pace, buying more equipment, um, and really growing. Um, and there was a lot of pains in doing that <laughs> that we had to had to work through along the way and, and sometimes are still doing. But we got to a point where we're having the, the new frustrations of managing and dealing with people and not just uh, executing a technical job or craft, uh, which is a whole nother skill set <laughs> and a whole new thing to learn and try to grow at and uh, seek advice and, and uh, figure out how to do. For us, there was a few really key things that have helped along the way of that journey. We started... We started using a program. There's there's lots of different ways to help manage and operate your business. We we read a book and, and use a program called EOS that helps us look at the look at our business and not just work in our business and get caught up in the day to day. But that walked us through, okay, start with who you really are and what your values really are, define those really well, and then make all your decisions based on that. So uh, bringing that down to the foundation level, um, Mike and I were very similar values-wise and um, who we were. And, you know, looking back at it now, the people who usually worked out well and were good employees uh, were people who were fits already with those values that we had. Um, but going through the exercise of saying that, writing it down, uh, coming up with the, those, um, our purpose statement and values was big for us. And then figuring out a way to, okay, so we need to evaluate our employees based on this. We need to review them based on this. We need to give raises based on this. And we need to fire based on this if somebody doesn't work out. Um, so 
uh, and, and that's, again, I'll say been a process and learning things the hard way. You, uh, hire somebody based on a recommendation and trust them too much and then get burnt by it. <laughs> yeah. Then you try not to make that mistake again. We, um, we've got a few funny stories on that too, but, um, sure. <laughs> yeah. but as we, as we more clearly define that and then preach that to our guys, it takes a while to stick or both maybe one of the, one of the pains of, of growth that we experienced as we, as we grew pretty fast, we were also willing to try new things very readily, which, which I think is like I mentioned earlier, been a big help to us. We're not afraid to admit that we don't know, and there might be a better way, but also sometimes we may have been too quick to try to enact something that we might work. And then we're trying to drag our guys along with us (laughs) to follow and do the same thing. So, um, so it's, it's been a process of, of preaching those values to them, of, of living them out in front of them, and then uh, and, and sometimes making hard choices based on what those, what those are, what your values and purpose are. So that was really big for us and, and uh, taking a step back from our, our business as we were scrambling and in it all the time and really defining it better, deciding what we want our culture to be uh, what we wanted our purpose to be, and then uh, trying to make everything we did fall in line with that. So that doesn't really answer your question of guys, I guess, per se, but I, I guess I'll just talk about our our purpose and what we came up with a little bit and how Perfect. that ties in. Um, uh, encompassing the vision of our company, uh, our core values are confident humility, craftsmanship, ownership mindset, and care. And we define our purpose as we exist to develop craftsmen in our trade so we can provide uncompromised craftsmanship and courtesy to our clients. Hmm. So uh, those are things that we we felt like were already really core values of ours and who we wanted to be, um, but hadn't really necessarily preached or always operated by them. So defining those, um, was big for us. And then, and then working off of that. Um, and I love, I love sharing that with people. And when we interview new guys, we, we talk about this and we tell them who we are and what all these things mean. Um, uh, I don't know that this will, he'll want to include any of this, but I'll go ahead and share them quick if you oh, I want, love it. but, um, no, I love but, it. That's perfect. but, um, confident humility, it's the idea that we're confident in what we know and what we've learned in this trade and, uh, believe that we can take on any challenge in a floor, um, and execute it well, but we're also humble enough to know that we don't know it all and we need to keep learning and growing. I love it craftsmanship somewhat self-explanatory but we want to do and execute this trade and really not just this trade but it encompasses every aspect of what anyone in our company what role they fulfill um is to have that craftsman mindset that um i may not be the best in the world at this but i'm gonna do the very best job that i can as well as i can Again, that ties in with continuing to learn and grow because, you know, when you think of a craftsman, you think of someone who has honed their skill, who uh, 
takes care of their tools, (laughs) (laughs) who masters new things and uh, just executes at a high level. So craftsmanship, ownership mindset, just the idea that uh, everything that I do is a reflection of me and my name is on this work that I'm producing. So I want it to be excellent. Um, and then, and then care, uh, that one sounds pretty obvious too, but we generally genuinely have a care and concern for our clients and customers and also our teammates who are around us. Uh, we don't, we're not just trying to make a living and and make a bunch of money. We generally genuinely care for, uh, their good and we're going to treat them with respect. We're not going to bad mouth them. (laughs) We're going to put up with it a little bit. And, um, and then same thing with each other on the team. Uh, we're going to have each other's back. We're going to extend a little bit of grace because even though it's not fun cleaning up somebody else's mess, the reality is, is that Sometimes they have to clean up my mess too, so right. <laughs> I should be willing to do that. No, sure. I love it, and I appreciate you sharing those values and everything with 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 me and with you know through this podcast because I think it really is something that a lot of people are in the same shoes that you're in um, in terms of the phase of their career where they're really at the beginning but they're making an impact on those around them and people are listening and people are watching and the next generation's coming through and that generation could be part of, you know, the guys that you're training right now. But the best thing you could do is train the right guys to follow in your footsteps and create another business that competes on the same ball field as opposed to dragging the trade down. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, as we, as we worked and defined those and, um, I, I, you can probably tell by, I, I like sharing this because, um, it's, it is core to who Mike and I are <laughs> as we, as we grew and, and became. And, um, uh, I mentioned, I, I credit my parents with the investment that they made in our lives and, and teaching us those things. But, um, uh, but that purpose and those values are something that we're passionate about and something that's it's a calling in life that you can feel good and motivated to go do. It's, it's, it's more than just trying to make a living and make a bunch of money. So, and, and some of the most fulfilling, uh, while there is plenty of headaches and stresses and pain points and hiring employees and <laughs> managing people, it's very fulfilling to recognize that you helped them provide for their family, put food on their table. And, uh, hopefully it's our desire that whether they're with us for a year or for, for 20 years that they come away better people, uh, as, as being a part of, part of this journey with us. So as we grew and defined that we, we came up with what we kind of wanted to be our own career path. Uh, we, we called it our craftsman tract. And we came up with a little tier of guys coming in from beginning and working their way up to craftsmen and master craftsmen. And then trying to remember it was, it was somewhere along, along the line after we had done that, where we began to hear about the 
NWFA's apprenticeship program that they were working on, it obviously piqued our interest because it was very much in line with what we were already trying to do. So, um, you know, we, we recognize we need, we need to, we need to be able to find and grow the right people and invest in them as craftsmen. If we're going to be successful at, at who we want to be, um, in business, uh, and, and, in life. Um, so, so we came up with a program, we're excited when we, when we heard about the apprenticeship program they were developing. You guys were developing here at the NWFA, and then um, continued to continued to to try to implement what we had created. But then this past year, as that apprenticeship program finally has come to fruition, with the Department of Labor and everything, decided to just adopt that fully as our model of how we're going to bring in new guys and work through their training and create more craftsmen. So what are you guys doing? I know being that you're in Missouri, um, we, as we launched this program, realized we need to reach out on a case-by-case basis, state-by-state, to work with the local state Department of Labor's to make sure we jump through the right hoops to ensure we can implement the programs statewide. In Missouri, obviously, NWFA being headquartered here in Missouri, one of the first contacts we made was with the local Missouri chapter of the Department of Labor. And some of the things we discovered were mind-blowing to me, Um, some of which being uh, an apprentice going through the program, working towards becoming a journeyman and earning this certificate through the Department of Labor for the wood floor specialist can earn up to, I think it's 36 college credits, which is ridiculous. I mean, that's almost, it's close to earning an associate's degree just by going through this and learning a skilled trade and following the right path um, and, and ultimately earning the certificate, becoming qualified to earn a certification through the NWFA being one of the best trained in the industry because they followed the progression of the path. And at the end, they're, they're close to earning a, a college degree, an associate's degree. That's, it's not state by state, but man, what an incentive and what a story to tell a parent that might be concerned about their kids getting into skilled trades as opposed to going to college. Um, how have you guys, I mean, I know you're, I know it's, it, it's, the beginning process of getting yeah. you guys implemented into the system, but how are you able to track what the guys are doing? You're tracking their hours. You're tracking who's who, how they're getting in. Um, I know that based on experience, it's you know you're, you're you're capable of bypassing the entire process. You can get guys to jump in based on their skill level to get into where they actually fit. To where it's it's nice that it's customizable that way, but. How are you implementing this, and wh- how do you guys track the hours and really follow somebody from start to finish? Yeah, and we're we're still, again, in the beginning stages of implementing this and learning about how to do it all ourselves. So we're by no means experts yet. But as we bring in new guys, um, hire new guys, uh, I mentioned kind of, you know, we hire based on those values and our purpose and we preach that and we we try to figure out if they're a fit to begin with if they are a fit um they're they're going to be a great fit for the apprenticeship program as well 
if if they're a good fit with our values. So so we have that conversation at the beginning interview. Um, we present this program to them, the opportunity uh, of the apprenticeship, um, working towards their journeyman certificate. And then if, if we move on to hire them, we get them implemented in that. Uh, what that looks like is in our state, we have a local Department of Labor rep who we deal with and who helps us kind of figure out how, how to onboard these guys and get them signed in and entered in. So uh, they sign an agreement and then we start tracking their progress in the program. That looks like about 6,000 hours of on-the-job learning or hands-on experience um, and then also uh, coursework with the NWFA University and some of the technical education courses with the NWFA as well. They have We have a separate app that we use to track their hours. So at the end of the week, when they, uh, we actually, we already use a different time tracking app for payroll, but at the end of the week, they know exactly how many hours they worked that week. They can then open up this app we use for apprenticeship and then allocate those hours toward those on the job training skill categories to ultimately work toward that completion of all those hours. And that's the bulk of what they have to do in the program. Um, and then, and then obviously completing the, the online courses and then the hands-on courses. Wow. I mean, that's, that's, that was the intention of this program. We put it out there. We knew we've got the curriculum. We know what we have to do. It took us almost three grueling years working with the government, the Federal Department of Labor, to get this thing put together and approved properly, as well as talking with some of the, the, the unions, carpenters' unions and painters' unions, um, letting them know of what we were doing and, and at least seeing how we could collaborate. Um, but to know that this is working, and I know that Stephanie Owen, who manages this entire program and has really been the, the brains behind the operation and putting it together, um, has really done an excellent job in pushing it out there and working with our members state by state to align them with the local chapters and their, their local representatives. And they have made it easy. I know it, it, it's um, a challenge to learn a new process and a system and get the guys to download apps and have them track their hours. But, hey, if it's going to result in having a system and a process in place that allows you to track your guys' progress, give them the education they need, which equates to everybody speaking the same lingo, the same language. They go to your customers or their customers' house, and they're talking to a homeowner. They're saying what they should be saying. They're not saying something that they shouldn't be saying about you know, moisture conditions or anything like they know what they should be saying yeah. and they're being trained properly and they're going through the whole process um, to see it in motion and the end result being they're qualified to then become a certified professional with the NWFA and they receive a, an official U S department of labor certificate that they've completed this apprenticeship program and they're now a qualified registered uh, wood floor specialist with the U.S. government. How can you not promote the heck out of that? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's exciting and it's um, it's 
it's mot it's motivating to a lot of guys if they if they have ambition to learn a, a career and a skill a craft um it's motivating to see see the path laid before them that's like i said kind of what we were crying to create <laughs> on our own um and then and then once we saw how how much how better how how more once we saw how much design and thought had been put into the nwfa apprenticeship program we decided just to 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 scrap what we had created and just try to fully implement this as our craftsman tract one of the things that was hard to do was uh really track a guy and how he was progressing because um it was was hard to hard to find the time to do that to get those touch points he's going out to a job every day and should be learning but I'm not really sure all the time, every time what he's spending his time doing or if he is just repeating the same easy tasks and leaving the hard stuff to the more experienced guys. And, right. and sometimes that happens. Sometimes, you know, our, our crew leaders, if, if they don't want to, they don't want to deal with them, a new guy possibly making a mistake or sure. not doing something right the first time, they'll just, you go do something else and I'll do this. <laughs> right. So, and that, and that happened. And, um, and so, you know, guys would go for long periods of time without, without really progressing that much. So this gives us a little more tangible way to keep tabs on them, to track their progress and then be intentional about, um, filling in those gaps and voids and what they've learned and, and getting them to the next level. It also, um, I hope, and again, we're still in the early stages, but, uh, we're really trying to engage all of our guys kind of tied into our, our care core value and trying to invest in the new guys who are coming in to try to be involved in intentionally training and pouring into them. And we kind of all work toward that goal together. Not only does that, uh, I can't teach, I don't have enough time in my day to, to try to try to teach everybody everything. Um, some of my more experienced guys, they learn by working with me on a job site every day for a year. That's how they, they started out. But, um, we've grown to a point now where that's not, not really realistic for me <laughs> to be out there doing that with a new guy. Um, and so I can't do it all. So I need their help and their, uh, willingness to teach and pour into guys. And, and as you very well know, when you, when you try to teach somebody something, you kind of realize how little you know about it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you realize your mishaps. Yeah. Like, wow. I've been doing this. I'm teaching this, but might not be by the book or it might be something that I'm not confident. I, I always like to reference, um, and I'm not going to quote this the proper way, but Albert Einstein said, if you can't explain it clearly enough, you don't understand it well enough. And he said something to that tone. But to me, there's so much that's out there. I mean, just look at yeah. government officials. They babble left and right because they really <laughs> don't understand or they're hiding something. Yeah. Um, and I think the same holds true with people in trades, people teaching. I mean, if you if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. And I like to think if you can't explain it so a fifth grader understands it, you probably don't understand it well enough yourself, um, or it's a topic you shouldn't be teaching. And that's, I do. I find myself teaching, and I find myself talking to people and babbling around, and I start realizing maybe I'm doing this because I really, <laughs> there's some things in here that I don't fully understand. Yeah. And that's that's great. I mean, that's 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 
like you said early early on in this in this discussion you've got to be open and willing to keep learning anybody who sits back and gets so callous that they think they know it all is is doing themselves a huge disservice yeah yeah no for sure we all fall into that sometimes and it's easy to do try to preach that and try to live by it but but often often our biggest obstacle to progress is our own ego <laughs> right so just to to kind of wrap up or at least you know one more item i think within the apprenticeship through our certification i mean not everybody wants to be a high level craftsman and that's yeah. not only okay it's necessary uh, matter of fact, high-level craftsmen are the minority. There's not, there might be a lot of desire to be someone who can do everything um, or close to or, or can figure this stuff out. But the majority of people are content with being good at just nailing in strip or plank floor. However, part of, our, part of being certified, part of going through this apprenticeship program includes you got to know how to at least lay out a pattern floor, a herringbone floor. Back when I first started with NWFA, there was a handful of people that would come up and say, hey, why are you guys requiring herringbone layout as a part of your certification when I've done two of those in my entire career? And I can personally count you know, on, on two hands how many I've done. I mean, you don't do yeah. that many high-end floors. Um, and to your point with your employees, you know, the guys that might get comfortable and not want to learn more, how do you deal with making sure that everybody at least understands the concept to be able to get to that next level? Not everybody, certainly not not all the guys who work for me have a ambition or itch to learn how to do intricate woodworking things or make a medallion or um, inlays and and things like that. And that's okay. Um, uh, that's not that's not everybody's niche, but. Um, again, I feel like I'm repeating myself here a little bit, but, um, uh, I, and I owe a lot of this to, to my, to my parents and what they instilled in me is that, um, uh, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. You should be thorough and excellent in it. Um, so, so it doesn't matter if, if all my guys want to be the top wood flooring craftsmen in the world that's okay they don't need to i mean i wish we did custom high-end installs on every job myself but the reality is is that the vast majority of our jobs are straight lay strip floors and, and basic sand and finishes um that, that's just that's right that's what that's just what what we deal with most of the time so um so but there's great value in and learning, and learning those newer parts of it, and increasing your knowledge level, um, whether or not you necessarily implement that every single day. But craftsmanship is a is a is a mindset, is something that everybody can aspire and work to have and exhibit, no matter um, no matter if they're entering data in the office, <laughs> or helping sweep up or clean up on a job, or coating a floor, or and laying something, um, that, that attitude of, of craftsmanship and excellence is something we want to foster and grow in everybody, 
in everything they do. I mean, as, as people, as, as parents <laughs> to their children at home, um, we want to encourage them to, to desire to be excellent at that. So that's right. And, and like I said earlier, if, if, if people don't, we certainly want to want to invest and grow that in people, but if they don't really have that to begin with, hopefully we don't hire them and and we realize that early on if we do and they realize that early on and don't want to stay <laughs> right so i don't know if that fully answers your question that's but <laughs> perfect no that's perfect that's perfect and that's good very enlightening i, I, I again I, I greatly respect and appreciate what you and mike have put together i appreciate you as a regional instructor um, and what you bring i always hear positive feedback from the students and I think it's, um, it, it, well, it's great to have you as a part of the team. So thank you for your service. Thank you for what you do. And, uh, yeah, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Happy to do it. The, um, uh, I've said it many times, the, the association has been very instrumental in our success and growth as, as, uh, a business and leaders of our business. And, um, so maybe I drink the Kool-Aid, but I have nothing but good things to say because of the, the positive influence it's been, it's been in me as, as, uh, as I've grown as a person in this trade. So, and, and maybe this might not have any place, but the more, one of the things I do, another thing that is awesome about this industry is how many genuinely good quality people you meet and rub shoulders with by being involved in it. People of like minds who, um, are just quality people <laughs> when, when there's so many unquality people in, in the world we live That's in. so true, <laughs> and I couldn't agree more with you. So so thanks for having me. Glad, glad to be here and, and glad to be a part of it. Perfect. Well, thanks, Ben. Go Appreciate Chiefs. it. Go Broncos. <laughs>